Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Justin from Action Figure Gym in Madeira Beach, Florida. What's up, Justin? How are you today? What's going on? How are you? Doing well. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. So let's jump right into the details here. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? Uh, basically COVID. Uh, I was working at uh, Mayweather Boxing, Title Boxing. I worked at various gyms in Los Angeles. And when COVID hit, we had no gym for about a year, a little over a year. And then I moved back to Florida and opened up my own facility strictly for me to have a gym if the COVID shit happens again. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, I kind of just rolled it into when I'm not working my regular job, I'm training clients and bringing on new clients and it just kind of facilitates an extra stream of income as well as ensures that the government will not take away my gains. Yeah, (laughs) I love that. A lot of people actually open gyms because of COVID for the same reasons, you know, to kind of ensure that they had a place to work out no matter what happens. Um, So this is not your full-time job then. You have another job as well? Correct. Ah, okay. All right. So as far as your business model goes, are you doing mostly personal training. Do you offer any group classes or semi-privates? Kind of walk us through what that looks like. Uh, Mainly privates. I do offer a concierge service, which is a mobile service. And I go to several clients' homes. They come to my facility. Um, I don't do group. I feel like uh, you get more bang for your buck when it's one-on-one. And uh, yeah, basically that's it. I go to the house, we do kickboxing. We start with a yoga flow and a stretch move on to weight training. I sometimes take kettlebells. Sometimes it's just a slam ball. It depends on what we're doing. And then 25, 30 minutes of boxing. And then we wrap it up with core. Awesome. Okay. And so how do you balance your schedules? Is your other job like a few days a week or how, how does it work with working two jobs? my, My other job is sporadic. It's never consistent so when i'm home i'm home and the clients know when they sign their waiver and all their paperwork they know that i could take off at any time and they're offered a refund if they want because i have them pay for 10 sessions up front and we all know when someone bails on you and they pay by the session you kind of lose that hour for yourself you lose that money and you don't have any time to facilitate another client to fill that time Mm-hmm. So I have them purchase 10, 10 sessions up front, and then I just tally them off, send them an email receipt after every session with like a brief summary of what we did. Got it. And, uh, when, I, when I'm out of town for work, they know what's up. So I offer them a refund, and they can have the remaining sessions refunded to them, but I can't guarantee their spot. Sometimes people have a strict schedule, and they want 6 a.m., and if they get the refund, and when I come back, if someone, while I was gone, put down a deposit or got in line, they lose that spot. So I offer them, I hold their sessions and I offer them one free session on the back end just to you know make up for the inconvenience. Okay. And how many clients are you currently serving? I have 23 clients. Okay. 
All right. So 23 clients currently. And is that, are you kind of maxed out there? Are you able to take on more? Are you wanting to take on more? What does that look like for you? Um, I'm, I'm always taking on more clients because you know, you know, you know how it goes. People, people are into it. They're mm -hmm. going at it and then they just kind of flake. So yeah. I kind of gear my situation to people that are really hungry and really want to change. So mm -hmm. I get someone that's really complaining or this hurts, that hurts, that doesn't feel good. You know what I mean? I kind of broom them because I feel like that just results in problems and I'm not here to make the gym per se my main main source of income. It's kind of like a hobby that turned into something more, I guess. Yeah. It's been really good to me. So mm -hmm. uh, I kind of being selfish, but I try to keep it to where it benefits me. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. all about me. It's all, it's all about me. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, if you can, you know, if you can set it up that way and, and that's yeah. the situation, and, then why it's not like... I mean, this sounds harsh, but why waste your time with people who aren't serious about it or complaining exactly. or exactly my point. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Totally understand that. Um, all right. So now are you doing any type of advertising or has this been built mostly off of referrals, word of mouth? What does that look like? Word, word of word of mouth. I you know, I always when people want a new prospect hits me up i always ask them how did you hear about my business and they usually say your yelp reviews your google reviews or when you google jim st pete i'm like one of the first to pop up and that also had something to do with my name with with the business name a first thing that pops up mm -hmm. and then, uh, action figures because i'm an actor and the majority of the stuff i do is action uh a lot of aggressive a lot of fights gun shoots like Mm -hmm. So I just kind of word played off all of that. Got it. Okay. So is that why you were in LA prior to COVID? It was. Ah, okay. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Um, and so that's your second job, your other stream that, of that's, income? That's the main job. And this is yeah. technically the second the job. The second job. Got it. Cool. Very cool. Okay. Um, so not much for advertising um mostly word of mouth mostly referrals up into this point okay now is it just you do you have any other trainers that train out of your facility or that are employees or it's, no it's just me but if i get if i get another 10 i have a few buddies that are gym rats as well and i would probably bring them on okay not there yet Right. Okay. Is that something that you're looking to do in the future or is, are you just kind of, is that the, the plan or, or the goal that, or. I've, so when I first got into it, it wasn't the plan, but since, since I've been growing at the pace I've been growing, I, uh, I have copywritten and trademarked everything. And, uh, I have also trademarked and copywritten my whole motto here like what I'm doing like the structure of program that I give my clients so eventually I'd like to build it up you know so yeah building as I go okay and to get to that next level and what did you say you need about 10 more clients to bring on to where it's just too much for me to handle yeah okay um now, are you considering doing any type of paid advertising? Because that's typically what 
gets the word out there to more people and takes it to that next level. So, and I'm not talking about like flyers or things like that or newspaper articles. Well, I did, I did, I did but, get these like little like uh, I don't know eight by four cards. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I had a photographer come in and take some pictures of the facility and <laughs> some of the stuff we do, and uh, pictures turned out really good. And uh, and a lot of people, I've gotten a lot of clients just from posting those at like coffee shops at gyms i got a valor fitness i posted one of those there um mm -hmm. just you know all the, all the places played against sports anywhere someone's gonna go look for weights and wants to learn how to use them so yeah yeah but but as far as marketing i just feel like when you do a lot of marketing you get those people that are just like on that january phase you know when january comes they're like ah oh, new year new me and then like come february 1st or uh uh the month after January, they flake out, you know? Yeah, I mean, if you, you can target so that you're not getting those people though, too. You know, your gym's not for everyone and you can make that clear from yeah. the beginning, even with ads that you're running. Um, you know, I just say that because Facebook is still the best converting platform to run paid advertising on. And that's typically what takes things to the next level, you know, and, and gets that second level of growth, essentially, um, because word of mouth and referrals are great, but typically they kind of run out at some point or they're not super reliable. I mean, the people that are coming in only know so many people. And of those people, there are so many, only so many of them that are interested in fitness. And then of those there are only so many that are actually looking for a gym. Yeah, um, so eventually it kind of either slows down or, or runs out to some extent. And then the other side of it is that it's not really something that's super reliable. So on a monthly basis, you can't rely on the fact that you're going to get X amount of referrals or X amount of people coming in on word of mouth. Um, so the nice thing about doing some type of paid advertising is that it's trackable. You know, you can get it to a point where it is very targeted and you can figure out, you know, if I spend X amount of dollars, I can expect to see X amount of clients on a monthly basis. Um, now, with that being said, it's not something that you want to just throw money at and kind of cross your fingers. You know, you want to make sure you're getting at least three to one returns on ad spend, um, but definitely something that can take things to the next level. I know that's, that's what did it for me. That's for sure. Um, but something to consider, I mean, moving forward to get to that next level. Yeah, maybe maybe eventually down the road, but right now it's 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 going it's going pretty good. I'm not yeah, really, I have no complaints. Good, that's yeah. awesome. Okay, um, so now let's see what are big picture goals now. I know you kind of touched on it a little. It wasn't necessarily something that you expected to take to that next level, but now being in the position you're in what do you have your eye on? What are you working toward or what are you open to if it kind of just organically happens? What's, what's that next step look like for you? Um, I've, I probably, since I only got into this for selfish reasons, I would probably like to build it up and sell it. Mm -hmm. That'd be a goal. Yeah. yeah. Build up the brand, build up what we do here. Cause it's different than anything I've seen. And I've worked at a lot of places I've been in the fitness game since I was 13 years old with jujitsu and mixed martial arts. 
And uh, that would probably be the goal, like to have something that is uh, turning revenue that would interest uh, someone in, in selling. Yeah. Yeah. And Absolutely. Have the gym, like this is my facility just in my house. Like I, I live this life, like this is all I do. So aside from TV and film. So uh, yeah, that would probably be the goal. Like the end goal would be to sell it and not have any of this, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And ideally, what's the timeline on that? Um, I, don't, I really couldn't tell you. So far, it's been been going good. Like when I first started, I had two clients and that was like a little over a year ago. And now I have like 23 and I had someone call before I got on the Zoom call. So that's probably 24. And the word of mouth has really worked for me. Uh, I feel like my clients are getting really good goals and we're hanging out with their friends and people are going, Oh, what are you doing? What are you taking? They're all saying, taking my ass to the gym. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's been working so far. And I just imagine just keeping it rolling. I imagine it's not going to be a quick thing and I'm not looking for it to be. Mm -hmm. um, I really don't put enough time into it as I probably should, but I'm also not home enough to put that much time into it. And I don't feel like I'm at the spot to where I could hire someone and they could be working while I'm gone. Mm -hmm. And my clientele, I make sure to, I make sure to put them through like a hell week before I take off. So they could use the week off to like to recover know, basically. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, so you mentioned you do 10 packs, right? For, for packages. Okay. Yeah. And you don't have to talk about pricing if you don't want to specifics of it, but are you charging higher ticket? What's that? Are you charging higher ticket? I don't know if we cut out there for a second, but um, yeah, a little bit. It's probably okay. internet. That's okay. No worries. So I was just saying you don't have to get into specifics of pricing if you don't want to, but are you charging higher ticket prices for your services? I try to keep it pretty competitive with the local gyms around me. Do you know how that works? They walk around the clipboard and say, Good job. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I try to match or just below what they're charging. So I'm like beating Amp Fitness. I'm beating uh, as far as personal training goes, not monthly membership. And what, you just get a personal training rate. You don't have to pay for the monthly membership. Mm -hmm. So I would say I'm pretty competitive. Um, I call around uh, probably every few months. And if someone's running a special, I try to match it. And if someone comes to me with the price, I, I, I match it. Um, but for the most part, pretty expensive. Um, but people don't complain because they get the results. You know, it's all, mm -hmm. all about leaving leaving here knowing you did something. As right. I used to say in jujitsu, leaving it on the mat. Mm -hmm. So people come people come here and they work hard and they leave knowing they did something and they wake up the day after they worked out and they know they did something. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Absolutely. I mean. One thing I always say uh, is people that pay, pay attention, right? And typically the people that are investing in something financially are going to be more committed to it. And a lot of personal trainers really kind of get caught up in trying to compete with big box facilities or their neighbors or, or whatever. And they end up charging very low rates for their time exactly. you know? it's a numbers game you know the more numbers the more revenue 
And then, but also with more numbers and more revenue, it's less one-on-one -on -one attention, like true attention. Like my, my clients can text me and be like, Hey, uh, I messed up with my macros. What's the most important? What's the most important? Is it, is it okay? Should I still hit my protein? I'm over my calories. Like, and I'm right there for them. Like I can shoot a quick text and respond, you know, it's mm -hmm. not something you get from like a uh, LA fitness or a gold's gym, you know, right. Like you're just, you're just a half hour to somebody at gold's mm -hmm. gym. Like they're just there for their hourly rate. And then they dip, you know, and it's on to the next. Mm -hmm. So I feel like you get, uh, you get a you get a big bang for your buck. It's a little it's a little pricey here, but I mean, when you when you weigh it all out and you're paying the monthly fee and then you're paying the one on one and all, when you put all that together, it's it's way more worth it. I feel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the value, there's no comparing the value. You know, it's like the the level of service that you're providing compared to what people get elsewhere is is completely different um and i mean it, it doesn't always have to be a volume game you know a lot of people kind of get caught up on how many clients can i serve at the same time to make up for the difference you know they want to hit a certain revenue goal and it's like okay well i'll just pack as many people in as i can but it doesn't always have to be that way because you can provide a higher level of service you know the fitness the nutrition the accountability the full package serve less people, serve them better, charge them more, work less hours and make more money. Bingo. So it's like, you know, that's the part that kind of, people kind of miss that sometimes and it ends up being how many people can I serve, but you only have so many hours in a day. So eventually you're going to cap out. You're probably going to burn out eventually. And, you know, it's not, not a great situation, but a lot of people get caught up in that in the beginning because they're afraid to charge what they're worth. Yeah, exactly. And I always give, you know, I give them, I give them a free first, you know, session. And some people give like, you know, a 20 minute intro. I give a full hour, you know what I mean? It's an hour out of my day and, I, and I'm getting paid to do something I love. So it's really not like I'm working. Right. Um, so when, when they come in, I, I make, I make them have a tangible, experience like they they can talk to me they we become buddies per se um and they feel like they're going to see their workout partner you know what i mean mm -hmm. um so that's that's what i'm trying to give these people you know like they don't they're not just and sometimes i'll even do the exercise with them you know what i mean if i can tell mm -hmm. they're a little discouraged or or um a little nervous i'll, I'll do the exercise with them because then it's like your your, your workout partner you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes people, people need that. They need to feel comfortable. That's the biggest thing usually <laughs> and uh, accountable. Yeah. I mean, well. I feel like the trainer like cares about them, you know, like mm -hmm. um, I'm not sending out birthday cards or anything like that, but like, they feel like, you know, when they come here, they have a friend and we're all, we're both working for the same goal, which is to make you better. So right. that is a huge a huge element to what I'm doing here. Yes, absolutely. All right. So now one thing I always love to touch on, uh, if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering opening their own facility or doing their own thing, kind of going their own way, what would that be? What is one of the most important things that you've learned either from your time in the industry or from your time in ownership? The most important thing I've learned since owning the gym uh 
honesty, you know, being, being on time, um, uh, doing what you say you're going to do. You know, I feel like, uh, a lot of gyms will be not punctual. They will, they will make excuses. They will, uh, not push you. You know what I mean? They kind of just let you do what you do and good job, the good job thing. You know what I mean? And, uh, I feel like that has been my biggest up since I've, since I've been doing this is, is really pushing people the right way, you know, not pushing mm -hmm. people away, but push, pushing people because we know if you do, you know, uh, you don't work out hard, you don't get results. So if, if the, you're letting these people just come in and spend their time doing some hokey dokey exercise and you know what I mean? They're leaving, eh, you know what I mean? They, they know they did something, you know what I mean? And you're getting paid. So, you know, why not? But I, I'm, I like the idea of pushing them, making them feel it, you know, making mm -hmm. them almost, almost, a, almost a failure sometimes, you know what I mean? It just depends on what level of their activity is and where they're at with the whole game, but uh, really showing them that you're there for them. It's mm -hmm. been my huge biggest thing here. So if you start a gym, make sure you're passionate about it and you're passionate about everybody that walks through that door. Mm -hmm. no, one, no one is back burner. Everyone's up front. Everyone, right. gets, everyone gets a piece of your pie. Mm -hmm. Be my biggest. I would do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if you're not pushing people to that uncomfortable place, it's almost like you're doing them a disservice, right? That's what they come to you for. They come to you. Not, to not all the times it looks like that, though. A lot, of, a lot of these, you know, these big corporate spots, you know, they, these people, you know, they, they don't know any better. This is all they know. So mm -hmm. they come and, you know, they get the good jobs and they get that positive reinforcement and, and that's enough to make them come back through the door, but they're still stepping on that scale and it's not changing or, or right. they're getting under that bar and it's not moving. You know what I mean? No, mm -hmm. no more weights going on that bar. Right. And, and a lot of these trainers, they don't really give a shit. You know what I mean? Right. They're still paid, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're just here. They're just here until three o'clock. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I would say that's the main thing is make sure your clients or your members are hitting goals. Make sure that you care about their goals. Make sure that you're checking in with them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. And that's what separates facilities like yours from those other facilities. You know, that's the I difference. Believe, I believe so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? I'm only on Instagram. I'm, I, I can't stand Facebook. So I'm at <laughs> AFG underscore St. Pete. I know you, you talk so you talk you talk big game with Facebook and I'm like, nah, I'm different. I'm different than everything. I know I'm a weirdo. People are probably like, that gym's gonna fail. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I mean Facebook as far as advertising goes, yeah, but Instagram is better for organic posting, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. Pictures of like what we're doing here and clients' results. Like I like the before and afters. Yeah, that's my thing. Client, clients want to see before and afters, and they don't want to see it from some dude that you could tell was already ripped. And now no. he's just, you know, what I mean, he's he. You take a picture of bulking, and then you take a picture of your of your lean, and then people are like, "Wow, we want those results." But that's not that's not real. Like I take lanky no. kids that look like they play Dungeons and Dragons all day, and I put <laughs> on them. You know what I mean? 
Right. So that's, that's, that's what I like to show. Yeah, absolutely. Results sell. That's what people want. You know, they want to see that and they want it to be real and relatable. Right. To them. Yeah. Like someone that you can tell never touched a weight and now, now they look like baby Thor. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, absolutely. All right. Awesome. So Justin from Action Figure Gym in Madeira Beach, Florida. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you, Brianna. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Stacy Bonasic of Workout Warehouse, coming to you from Spokane Valley, Washington. Stacy, how are you today? What's going on? I'm great this morning. We're in full-blown spring here, so everything's nice, and everyone's getting ready to put on their swimsuit and shorts, so it's a yes. good time of year. Good time to be in the gym industry now. Obviously, we're here to talk Workout Warehouse. I want to dive in and and explore this business from a couple of different lenses. Before we do that, I want to pick your brain about how this all came to be, what got us to where we are today. And so talk to us a little bit about when this idea originated, when this business opened up its doors. Uh, We opened up over 25 years ago. And my husband is a professional athletic trainer and he was working at a college. And when he went to go renew his contract, he had all his classes done. They said, we found out we have to hire a female. We are needing to do that. So we have to let you go. So he was like, okay. So I said, well, you know, maybe we should just open a gym. You love working out. I teach classes. And he was so funny. He said, uh, you can't chew gum and walk. And I said, well, I don't mean to be arrogant, but I'm probably one of the best instructors in the state. And he was like, really? So we found a place, started opening and off we went. We've done it ever since. This is the first year that we've actually had other independent trainers with us. The two of us have worked our business just by ourselves. We raised our kids there. We got married there. Um, so it's literally been just he and I for 24 years and just until this last year. Yeah. What, what so, changed that perspective? Uh, I'm 57 and he's 63. So, you know, working 15 hours a day is not as easy as it was in our twenties. So, Fair. uh, we traded positions and I took over the business aspect and he's working on some other things. So I decided to see if I could bring in trainers and they're all independent contractors. So they run their business. I don't babysit, it's their business. They have their license, their insurance. They have their fee that they pay for their um, use of the facility and everything else goes from there. So it's been really, really nice. I see, okay. So 
for a long time, you guys had run this to this business on your own, recently made the decision to bring in some other people, but it sounds like they're running their own business as, as 1099 contractors. Why did you go that route and why did you decide not to go the employee route? You know, for the employee route, I would not be busy enough myself to pay their wages for a good living. Mm. And okay. if you cannot provide a good living for someone, then I don't think it's something you should do. They need to have insurance. They need to have other things cared for. And as a trainer, I taught five classes a day, trained 15 clients on top of that. My husband trained all his. So very few people are going to work from 4.30 in the morning till 10.30 at night. And we're getting older, you know, 63 and 57. That's a big difference from in your 20s. And so these guys are younger. They're, you know, more enthusiastic. They, they have learned the new techniques. They're doing other things. And it's nice because every single trainer here is a career trainer. So they're not doing it as a part-time job. This is how they make their living. So they already have their clientele, they know what they're doing, and everyone has a different genre that they work towards. So we have Tony Manzo, who does more contest prep. Uh, we have Ethan Cantrell, who does contest prep and athletic training. We have uh, Jessica, who does a lot of rehab. Um, I do a lot of rehab and um, gastric bypass patients. Uh, my husband does a lot of the people that want to gain muscle and put on size. So in fact, one of his uh, athletes trained with him over the summer when he went back to go to the college, they wanted to P test him because they thought he must've been taking something because he put on so much size. So, I mean, that's a good sure. thing. Um, and so, so everybody sort, sort of has their own niche that you right. work within. How does that work from a business perspective? Do you govern pricing do you govern no. scheduling they handle they do all, of all this their, on their own. own they do all their own in fact they're way more skilled than i am they use uh, computer systems their clients can get on schedule their own appointments they have their own fees their own rates um you know one of my trainers here i know is uh as much as a hundred dollars a session and she's already got the clientele for it and you know if she's making money at that and that's working for them then that's fine you know, one of uh, the guys does a boot camp, and I said, "Well, how does that work?" And he goes, "Well, it's twenty dollars per person each camp. So every Saturday they pay twenty dollars, and he might have twenty people in there, which is awesome. You know, when I do class, mine are free because I don't have to pay anyone, and I like the workout because I get to do it too. So it's whatever works for them. It's their program, yeah. their business, and I'm not going to dictate what their value is." Okay. So do you do any sort of marketing to generate interest in the business or is that entirely on them? Um, what's really nice is because in the Valley here, we are very well established. Um, everything's word of mouth. And I think in the world in general, you will get farther by word of mouth and reputation than you will spending thousands on an ad because you don't know who's looking at it. If it's, if it's what you want, and if you do good for someone, then that word's going to spread. So when we have other trainers running their business, they are advertising. They're on Instagram. They're on social media talking about their jobs, their client success. So every time there's something out there that one of our trainers is working on with a client, it's at Workout Warehouse. So we're still getting the advertising. We just don't have to pay the high price for it. Sure. 
And, and so I, I just want to push back for a moment, at least. Sure. The, I mean, the idea of word of mouth referral type marketing is ideal, right? Those are the types of clients that we want. Like you said, there's not a ton of cost that goes into it. These are typically high caliber clients. They know who they are. They like us. They trust us. All of these things lead to a fairly e easy sales process. The The downside, the, the other side of the coin is that we don't have a ton of control of that, right? We can, we'll take all of those leads that we can get, but if we find ourselves in a, in a spot where we've lost a few clients and we want to turn up that volume in terms of getting new clients in, we don't have a ton of control. You know what I mean? That's the, the reason that advertising or marketing in general exists is to supplement that, right? If we could get all that we wanted from word of mouth type marketing, we wouldn't have to spend a dime. So a lot of, a lot of businesses do to add to that. Correct. So here's how this industry is a little different. One, if you serviced your clients the way you should, you're going to have them long-term. So when you look at a big box gym, everything's under contract. They have first month, last month, joining fees, et cetera. And they're not there to service their members because if they did, they'd hit a max capacity on the people in there and they wouldn't be able to keep bringing more people in. They have an extremely high turnover on their trainers. So every time you have a different trainer, they don't know your injuries. They don't know what you've been doing. They don't know what's safe and what's not safe. So you really lose that individual care. So what I tell trainers, if they say, you know, and they want to come into the business, what, what is the industry like? What do you do? You want to try and get about 50% your regulars. I've had clients for 20 years. So when you first get a client, it might be for a goal. Then they stay because they need help maybe on one area or two areas that they can't do on their own. And then life happens, they have kids or they get a new job. Pretty soon they retire and their workouts are their priority job because that's what's giving them their independence to stay at home, right? So everything we do in the gym is to make life out there better. Of course. So then of course. a quarter of your clients are going to be from goals like a summer swimsuit or a class reunion. And the other quarter are going to be seasonal. They come in for ski season or they're snowbirds that leave in the winter. So when you establish your base, then the rest usually comes easily. If you're low on clients, then you run a camp and you run a special. And so then that brings other people in to see what it's like. And then you always end up keeping someone. Yeah. So if you're good at your job, you don't lose all those clients. You have sure. a little bit of a turnover, maybe about a quarter of it. And that's it. And so are, are you guys at max capacity then? Um, I am. I have 30 clients a week. So I can't take anymore. I work Monday through Sunday, um, year round, holidays, nights, weekends, 4.30 in the morning till 10.30, 11 o'clock at night. My job is to serve the client. And most people, of course, are going to work before and after work. So the clients midday tend to be retired folks that don't have to get up and go to work. So you fill that gap in there or you take a time for your own break, your own work, that kind of yep. thing. Well, let me ask you this then, because the, the trouble with personal training has always been that it's a time intensive career, right? We want or we need to trade our time for dollars. Do you anticipate at any point wanting to take a step back from the training floor? Or do you think that this is, this is where you want to be long-term? 
So um, I'm 57. I've already done this 25 years. Um, my schedule is actually less now than it used to be, which is crazy to think, but I don't teach five classes a day now. I just do my clients, um, but I've morphed into other areas. So I have what is called an ultrasonic cavitation and radio frequency machine. And what that does is it actually goes in and bursts the fat cell, liquefies the fat, puts it all through the lips. So it is permanent fat cell loss. So you, it's like liposuction without the invasiveness. So now when I birth into that, my fees are going to be different than what they would be for training. And it's not as taxing on me. So I've got a sling on. Um, I've had my second rotator cuff surgery. Um, we get older, you know, and people are like, oh, a 20 year old doesn't necessarily want to train with a 60 year old, you know? So it's good that we have other trainers in here that bring that breath of fresh air in. But a 20-year-old has to know a 50-year-old. They got to have a mom or dad somewhere, right? So it still works out for everyone. I don't train now like I did when I was 20. Um, so things change. You realize you don't have to do everything. Uh, right now, I have to ask someone to pick up the place for me and rack them because I can't with my shoulder. So that's different. Um, even my husband said, you know, I'm putting eight plates on the bar for people. And now I just start telling them, hey, you're going to have to start putting some of your own plates on, which on one hand, you know, we feel like we need to do that for them. But on the other hand, they also need to learn because I'll have clients when I'm on vacation, they're like, oh, I didn't know where the weight goes or I didn't know how to adjust my seat. So not only is our job to train them and help them with goals, but it's to educate them so that they know what they're doing, how they're doing it and why they're doing it. So when they go on vacation, I'm like, find a hotel that has a gym there. Shoot sure. me some pictures of what's there and I'll tell you what to do. Yeah. You know, and, and so that I way mean, they can this maintain is, their independence. Yeah. This is the goal of, of personal training for everybody. We're looking at it from the business sense. And, and you think that you'll continue to train clients one-on-one -on -one moving forward. Absolutely. In the uh, foreseeable got, future, at least. I just got a new um, sauna in that is for up to three people that I actually design workouts in there. So it's an infrared sauna, uh, works great for weight loss and sore muscles. So if you stay on top of the industry and what's new and how beneficial it is, and if you utilize it, you're going to be more passionate about it, right? I can't sell something that I don't like. And for me, I have epilepsy, I have asthma, I have a heart defect. Um, these workouts keep me stable. So I used to have seizures every week. If I work out like I need to, I have that stress relief. My adrenal glands are better. Um, I can eat better and I don't have those issues. So not only is it for my health, it's something that I need to do. Uh, my kids don't have living grandparents because they died from obesity and smoking and things that were preventable. So if I want my kids and their children to have grandparents, I'm it. So I told my son, I plan on living to 110. I don't want to be a window grandma. I want to be active and participating with my grandkids. Yep. I don't want to just sit there and watch the world go by. Yeah. And, and so staying active helps the client, helps you, of course. Nobody is arguing that. And, and so if, as you look forward here in, in terms of the business, uh -huh. Where do you see this business going? What's the, what's the vision for this moving forwards? 
The biggest thing I would say is just to maintain the quality and make sure that uh, we don't develop too fast. I think when you develop and you start doing a lot of um, other locations, you lose the quality of what's there. So for example, I don't do contracts. We never have, we never will. Uh, I don't do auto pay. I treat everyone the way I want to be treated. If I'm not using something, I don't want to pay for it. Um, I don't like people getting into my account. I don't like contracts. So I don't do that. And that also ensures that I'm going to be at my best for that client. Um, so keeping that is going to be better than a big box style. We've had other gyms actually call and say, well, that's illegal. You can't do that. I'm like, no, it's not just because you don't want to do it. You don't like selling those contracts and the high pressure sales. This isn't a high pressure industry, but people will always need us. And the reason is we're like, oh, there's technology. Well, you know what? You're on your cell phone, your head's down, your neck is strained, your back is opened up now, and it's easy to slip a disc, right? So the more technological we are, the worse we get in our health because you're bent over a computer all day long. Everything in life is in front of you. You get in the car, you adjust the seat belts, you adjust the mirror, and 10 minutes later, you're resetting the mirror. Did the mirror move? Nope, you started slouching. And we're a smaller city. We don't have hours of traffic to sit in. Other cities have a lot. And they have tons of back problems, neck problems, everything, because life happens and it's in front. So we have to work in the back and in the muscles and the shoulders to make sure you're stable so you can do your job. Yeah. And and I think that's that's an interesting point. And, and I think it it goes to show how many different ways there are to run a business in our industry. I think where we see these parallels of passion and, and just wanting to help people and profit and wanting to drive as much revenue as we can, I think the most successful businesses are somewhere in the middle of those things. I think we need to keep in mind both ends of this. And it sounds like that's a good bit of what you're focused on as well. Is that correct? That is correct. And it's funny because I've had clients actually say, I'm giving you a raise because I, my prices are ranged to where the middle income is very doable. The people that are working, you know, 10 hours, 12 hours, they're barely above minimum wage. They're working really, really hard and they're trying to support families and they are having injuries from work and just predisposed to things, just like the nurse who's having to move patients all the time, right? Her back or your CNA who's having to go in there and help. They are predisposed because of their job to getting injured and getting hurt. And I want those people to be able to afford my services. I'm not there just for someone who's high end and can have anything they need. I'm like, I'm there for the people that are working their butts off and need my help. So I choose to price my services lower, um, which is also partly why I decided to expand and open it up for other trainers because they pay their monthly rent. So that makes it easier on me. Um, and the way I do it is they cap out at a certain rate. Their clients all pay a monthly membership for the time they're training, which is only $25 a month. That gives them access to the club and everything here from 4.30 in the morning till one in the morning. They each have a code, their own individual code, and they get, get in. So it works for them to be more productive with their trainer. It works for the trainer so that they can make a really good living. In fact, they get more vacations than I do. And it works for me. So I don't have to come up with everything on my own because 
I don't own the building, right? So it'd be great to own a building. That is the end goal, own your own building and property so that if you wanted to, you could lease the business, um, sell the business, lease the property, however that worked. Um, so having your own building is always the end goal. But unfortunately, uh, we haven't had that opportunity yet. So this works great though. I'm happy with it. I'm not there to be a millionaire. I don't even like spending money on the lottery because I'm afraid of the dollar I'll lose, you know? So uh, I think all of our trainers are great. We have good quality. And that's also the reason I don't do a contract. If something's not working well, I'll talk to the trainer a couple of times and say, look, I have an issue with X, Y, and Z. Could we maybe modify it? If it's not working out, I'll tell them it's just not working out. And that way I'm not obligated to them and they're not obligated to me. Mm. I have dogs here. I don't know if you can see my little dogs or not, but um, I also raise Pomeranians. So here at work, I actually have 10 of them. Um, these two little girls uh, I rescued and they were covered in mud and manure and fleas. Um, and so we rehab them um, with my epilepsy. The dogs know I'm going to have a seizure before that before I do. So they'll give me an alert. So they have a kennel in the back. A couple of them are usually here getting trained. Um, so we also have that aspect where if I have someone who has therapy issues, we have them available for that as well. So we kind of okay. get a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, but every time a client is successful, that's successful for me. When a trainer is running their business successfully, that's successful for me. So it's a win-win for everyone. 100%. And that's probably a, a pretty good place to to wrap this whole thing up. But before we get out of here and, and sign out entirely, where can people learn a little bit more about Workout Warehouse? Is there social media that they can go to? Uh, we have a website. Uh, it's just Workout Warehouse in Spokane Valley. And you can Google it. It comes up. Again, uh, I am technologically Amish. That is my biggest and greatest weakness. I have a friend who is building a website for us. I know there's uh, Instagram that has Workout Warehouse on it as well. So you can look that up. However, that magical world works. I understand the can Fantastic. and the string and the other can. That's all, that's well, all I get. <laughs> well, we can connect people that way. Stacy, uh -huh. this has been a bunch of fun. I, I really appreciate your time. I'm excited to see what the future of this holds for you. And, and we'll have to check in down the road. Definitely check back in. Uh, we have some changes coming about that we're excited about. Um, you know, we've got the nurse practitioner, massage therapist, the uh, non-invasive liposuction machines, all the trainers. We're working on an outside gym area as well and workout area. So that's nice. That'll be fun too, especially with summer kicking in. Fantastic. Well, thank you for your time and everyone who tuned in today. Thank you as well. Until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income.
You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of BPM Fitness in Grand Prairie, Alberta, Canada. Gray Patino, how are you doing today? Good, man. How are you? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. Excited to learn more about BPM and have you share on here. So let's dive into it. Tell me what you're all about over there. Um, well, BPM Fitness um, is a community-based gym. Um, that's our number one motto is that we're a community, man. And um, what's what I learned throughout the, the course of the time that I've been in the fitness industry is that, you know, I really wanted to stray away from the typical kind of gym business model, which was its quantity, right? You try to get as many members as you can, and then hopefully some of them they'll show up because if your thousand members show up, you won't be able to accommodate everybody. So I wanted to approach it from a, from more of a community base in a sense, because, you know, like I do know all of my gym members, like I know them by name. I know what, what's going on in their life. I know, I've seen their kids born. I've seen them before they were born. Like it's so in this gym specifically, man, we're community based. And that's actually one of the biggest things that has allowed us to grow in the capacity that we've grown in the last two years. Awesome. Yeah. I want to dive into that a little bit more, but before we get to that, give us a little bit of the history, a little bit of the backstory. Uh, you've been in the business in an ownership capacity for about the last six years or so. And this is, uh, you know, on the newer end of your ventures, but give us a little background there, how we ended up here. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I moved to a little town in called Yellowknife. It's in the Northwest Territories. It's north of 60, right? So that's, it, it gets down to about minus 60 or minus 70 degrees on a very bad day, right? So it's below freezing all the time. Sometimes we compete with Antarctica and how cold it is, Oof. right? Um, so anyway, what happened there is that uh, there's not a lot of things to do up there, but I went up there because I was a broke college student and saving up to go back to university um, in Toronto. But what ended up happening is that I uh, started going to uh, MMA gym and I started competing in mixed martial arts. Um, but then through that, I found a community and then slowly but surely, started falling in love with not just the gym, but the gym industry. And then shortly after that, I just started falling in love with the gym business. Um, so uh, after working in that gym for a couple of years and competing, um, my coach at that time wanted to move and see if his business model can survive in a, a little bit of a bigger city. Just to give you an idea, the population of Yellowknife was 20,000. So we were moving to an 80,000 uh, population versus 20,000. So we wanted to see if, uh, is this just a small town success? Is it because, um, is this gym only successful because there's only two other gyms in town and we're the only one that's doing um, high intensity CrossFit style workouts? Or is the gym model or the gym essentially blueprint actually gonna be able to work in any city? So we started off in uh, Grand Prairie 
And uh, we were hoping to essentially move to different cities as the business progressed. But, um, you know, I have not, no qualms with my old business partner. But what ended up happening is that he is a lot older than me. Um, I think he's over 50 now. Um, and I am, and at that time, I was 22, 22, 23. Um, so the age gap is just so different. And in terms of approach, it's just coming from two different generations. Um, he was an old school boxing coach. And uh, here I am, like, you know, typical, I guess, uh, what they like to call me, millennial. <laughs> so um, it was just, it. shortly after going to business together, there was just a clear discrepancy of how we approach business. Just, um, and for no other reason than just, again, like kind of an old school mentality versus kind of, I guess, new school in, in lack of a better term. Um, so after two, three years of being in business with him, um, there was just certain things that I wanted to do that just didn't line up to his standards or I guess his ideals. Um, I wanted to be more creative. I wanted to do sillier videos on Instagram. I wanted to market more virtually rather than putting flyers on, on a windshield. You know, like I was like, there's just different marketing styles now. Like the days of we have to put flyers on people's windshields no longer, like I feel like is not effective. Right. So, um, so go just even from that mentality is just, it was just a dramatic difference. So I decided to go on my own, um, in 2000, late 2019, I decided, you know what, um, I'm, I'm managing this gym anyway. I'm doing everything myself anyway. Um, he was more of a silent partner, but at, at some, at certain things, he was not very silent. So it <laughs> made it hard to, to kind of move. Uh -huh. So I decided to just kind of believe in myself and believe in the, in the gym that I, that I envisioned. Um, so that's when BPM kind of started, uh, you know, um, our, our motto here is a lot more different. It's a lot more. Um, before it was a very fighter-based gym, um, but now it's a much more community-based gym with the community aspect of combat sports, right? Um, the I guess a little backstory of the combat sports side is that the the bond that you make with your teammates through combat sports is is unique. And anybody that's listening to this that is either in a jujitsu gym or in a boxing gym or a kickboxing gym, MMA gym knows that because there's no greater friendships than people that you punch in the face on a regular basis. <laughs> it's just, it takes away any kind of animosity, any kind of ego. It's just pure friendship, you know, in terms of fighting or in terms of arguments and all that stuff, you know, that you both, you two are never going to take it past a certain point because you guys both know that you guys can fight. And you guys both know that you guys can throw down if need be. And you also just did it last Sunday during sparring, right? So there's never any animosity. There's always support. The, the, the highs and lows of fighting is, is big. You know, the, the winds are very high and it doesn't matter whether you're fighting in a world stage or in a parking lot of the co-op, you know, like it, it doesn't matter. The feeling is still the same and you're there with that person. And also with the downs the losses, no matter how big or small, it still feels like a loss. So the highs and lows of fighting, you're there and you're there for the whole ride. So I also equate that to 
to our gym members as well. Fitness is also the same thing. Fitness, uh, success in fitness as a, as a person, general population, or even in athletics, it's never a straight line. You know, people that are trying to lose weight, for example, I always tell people, it's like, you have to allow yourself to fail. Because if you don't allow yourself to fail in this process, it will just prolong it. Because, you know, you're going to start good, solid two, three months. Then all of a sudden, oh, you fell off the wagon. Then I won't see you for four months because you're down on yourself. And then you're back on the wagon again versus, oh, wait, I had a bad weekend. It's okay. I'll get back to it on Monday. Oh, wait, I had a bad week. It's okay, man. Let's just get back on it next week. Oh, I had a bad month. It's okay, dude. We'll start this month. Don't let it turn into multiple months, multiple days, multiple weeks. So allow yourself to fail. And I think that that's really what makes our gym a little bit different because it does feel that way, even in our general population, because we do care about everybody's success. We do care about everybody's health. We do care about people getting to their goals. And, and not only that is to motivate them and let them know that it's okay that you are going through the ups and downs because it's never a straight line, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I can see where that really um, a little a little bit of everything kind of came together. Having that mentality, having that community feel, having a generational disconnect with a partner. It, it doesn't mean one of you is right or wrong. It just, you know, you have different different ways that you want to go about things. And sometimes it, it can be hard to see eye to eye if that's the case. And, um, you know, just different, two different paths, but it sounds like you both are, were in it to help people. It's just, you can oh, only, yeah, for sure. you can only put so much energy into fighting the tide versus the energy. It sounds like you wanted to put into building this very specific style. community. Yeah, absolutely. So, Absolutely. So here we are, you're, you know, about two years into this incarnation of things with BPM. Um, we touched on it a little bit, obviously fighting, mixed martial arts, things like that were some of the foundation, but you're offering some other services there. So give me a rundown of the, the main core services uh, that you're offering today. Okay, so um, on our uh, boxing and kickboxing side, we offer a bunch of after school programs, kids classes. Um, and we also offer recreational classes for people that essentially want to learn how to, to box and kickbox, but doesn't necessarily want to compete. Um, and then we also do have our advanced classes that those are essentially athletes that are either working towards fighting or want to train like a fighter. Um, and then on our fitness side, we do have our um, women's boot camp. That's uh, probably one of our most successful classes uh, um, in line with our kids' classes. Um, our women's boot camp, um, it's a high intensity, um, it's a hit workout style that we kind of incorporate a little bit of strength training into. And, um, and they're their own community, um, independent of the gym, funny enough. Um, but no, that's an amazing class that we have. Um, we have our early riser class, which we have a 5 a.m. and a 6 a.m. class. Um, we have our noon lunchtime class, fitness class. And then we have our 6 p.m. fitness classes. Um, and then we also, um, I touched on it earlier, um, is that we also have our athletic development programs um, that we offer to athletes um, either off season or during the season. Um, during the season, we tend to contract out more, more so to the, to the organization of the, the sports teams. 
Um, but then in off seasons, they kind of, uh, they did kind of just come in and book more personal training and whatnot as a group. And then we also have personal programming, which is um, uh, online fitness app that we have that people can essentially have um, personal, uh, a program that is designed specifically to their needs, whether it's injury, whether it's um, limited space or whether, you know, I have a lot of clients that work out in um, oil rigs and in camps that, you know, they, they have limited space, they have limited gym equipment, but what they end up doing is that they take a picture of uh, the gym that they have and I program specifically to that. Um, or we also have um, personal program that they just kind of come into the gym and do their own thing with that program. And we also offer personal training on top of that. All right. So lots of different offerings. And one of the ways that you handle that is you do have some people who manage specific parts of that. So I always like to talk about staffing, management structure, things like that. So how do you have it broken down so you're not trying to dilute the quality by trying to manage everything yourself or be all things to all people? How do you have that broken down right now? Um, staffing, I would say, is probably the hardest thing. <laughs> um, I would say because, again, because we are a very community-based gym, it's not only, I, I don't judge trainers just based off of qualification. I also judge them based off of how they fit in into the community, which is, again, is like kind of difficult. Um, but what ends up happening is that I end up having staff members that actually care. They care about not only the facility, but they care about the people that are in their classes. And that to me is what matters the most because uh, skill, I can teach them that, but caring, that's that's all on your own, right? So how I kind of work it is that I have people that are essentially in their lane of genius as I, as I like to call it, right? So I have Mr. Tell Butler that his lane of genius is uh, boxing and uh, the martial arts side of the gym. So he's responsible for, um, he's responsible for managing our kids' classes um, and the memberships for that. We, he's also managing all of our athletes and all the, our competitors that uh, compete. And as well, um, uh, I think we also have now have a junior coach that she's starting to start learning how to uh, be a boxing coach. He's essentially mentoring her as well. Um, and on the fitness side, I started off um, being the only trainer. And then from there, um, I... Uh, one person essentially decided to um, decided to be an intern while he was still in school, which kind of showed me passion, which like he took initiative to essentially see what his job is eventually going to look like. Um, so he interned for me for quite a while, which in the process, I slowly started molding him into the trainer that would not only be successful in the gym industry, but specifically as well in the gym that, um, in the gym that he is in right now, which is BPM. Um, so he right now is managing and essentially running majority of the fitness classes that we have, um, and is also responsible for our women's boot camp. And then we also have our, um, athletic development, um, coach. Um, he's a contractor, um, and him and I kind of partnered up in our sports teams because again, just the sheer volume of our sports teams goes anywhere from 
uh, a minimum of 16 kids in a baseball team to 22 kids or athletes in a hockey team. So if you tally all of those together of 12 teams, that's over hundreds upon hundreds of athletes that we're managing. So him and I are kind of partnered up in that. So he takes 50% of that. I take 50% of that. And he is very passionate about what he does. And that makes the partnership a lot easier because I don't ever have to worry if that person is competent or if that person shares my ideals because he does. Um, so yes, that's pretty much all of our staff members. Um, and I pretty much, now that I have kind of taken, it was hard because I started off as a trainer and I always thought that I will always just be a trainer. But then I eventually learned that in business that in order to be an entrepreneur or a successful business owner, that you cannot just work in your business, but you have to also work on your business. So I was had to essentially start scaling down a little bit and passing some of the responsibilities because I had to oversee everything. So in terms of staffing, I'm lucky that um, it's a process, don't get me wrong. It, it wasn't just done overnight, but I am now lucky that I have a bunch of people that are passionate about what they do and are amazing at what they do and that are in their lane of genius and and essentially is just bringing the gym to another level. Yeah, you you definitely led me right into the next point of curiosity I had is how do you uh, break down your time? What what percentage are you spending in different roles? I knew you touched on marketing a little bit earlier. Marketing comes with sales, things like that. So as you grow and evolve into more of an owner and less of a trainer role, you know, how do you, um, how do you budget your time and energy? Where are you devoting the most right now? Um, it's, it's, it's interesting, right? Because if you're saying to me right now, it's an interesting, it's an interesting uh, time to be in because we all just came off of one of the biggest probably worldwide problem that we all shared, which was COVID. Um, so as of right now, um, the one thing that COVID did do was gave us time, right? But um, one of my favorite quotes that I heard is that isolation limits time, not growth. Uh, sorry, limits space, not growth. Mm -hmm. And during that time, that's where I kind of really dialed down into my marketing skills, I guess. Started learning and taking online courses sorry, excuse me, um, taking online courses, because I mean, at the end of the day, um, we had to evolve and we had to pivot a lot of times. So as of right now, we, what I'm focusing on right now is essentially more so on the marketing side of the gym and, um, on finding different revenue streams for the gym, just in case something like this ever happens again. Right. Um, I don't know, like, it's hard to say that it won't, because it just did. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's like you prepare for the worst, hope for the best. And, but at the same time, you know, you do your due diligence, right? And for me is that I never ever wanna put my livelihood um, at risk for external factors. So I wanna secure that just by essentially finding revenue streams. So just in case that, for example, if the gym do, does end up shutting down for some reason, um, we have other ways to essentially make money to, so, so that we can continue on. Um, so marketing is a huge part of that. Um, and then finding business ideas that essentially is still tied into the, fit, the gym industry that I'm doing anyway, but it just allows us to grow even more.
So mostly marketing, a lot of talking to people. And in my spare time, I uh, essentially fit in there, my fitness clients. And I still teach some of the classes just because I enjoy it and it fills up my cup. Um, but for the most part, as of right now, I'm pretty much overseeing the, the gym rather than just being a trainer. All right. So a little bit of a gear shift. We got past, we got present. Uh, what's, what's in the future? What are the goals? What are the plans? Um, what do you want to see the business become? And then with that, what does that do for you? So, um, you know, the, the phrasing that I've, I've really liked lately is what do you want for the business? And then what do you want from the business as it continues to evolve? Um, what I want for the business, um, I eventually want the business to grow to a point where we can start franchising to different people and grow it in that way. Um, I love, I do believe, I strongly believe in our uh, gym model and our business kind of blueprint. Um, I do believe that there, it, it does touch on a certain niche versus just, you know, the, your atypical gym. So eventually kind of taking it to a much more, um, uh, once I can essentially create the template and market the template, eventually one day I would love to start taking the business into more of a franchise. Um, with that as well, um, what we were kind of doing is that because, like I said, during COVID, we were able to kind of tap into different things. Um, I would love the gym to one day um, kind of focus on its certain strengths. So I would love to create an athletic development program um, that essentially that we can essentially start taking athletes from a young age and grooming them to becoming the athletes that I know that they want to be. Right. Um, and essentially just guiding through through the, uh, guiding them through the path that they need to be taken in order to be a successful athlete, um, because being an athlete is more than just the workouts and the training. A lot of it is mentality and habits. Right. And a lot of those, sadly, isn't really ingrained in them um, from a young age, because oftentimes they're just told to do and not necessarily why they're doing it. So. For me, it's really important for us to, to essentially take these athletes and teach them that there is a proper way to do it. Um, and we've kind of not necessarily cracked the code, but we found a certain way that has worked for a lot of people and, and market it that way. So eventually, yeah, we're, we're in line to taking it in that route. And on the boxing side of things, um, we have gotten into uh, promotions. So we promote boxing events, kickboxing events, and uh, we've done things. We, we actually have a boxing show, kickboxing show on June 11th here in Grand Prairie. Um, so from a promoter standpoint, um, yeah, we, I, I would love to take that to another level to not even maybe not be as big as the UFC, but essentially be at least big enough in the, the regional c uh, scene that we can go into a platform like the UFC Fight Pass and have our fights be televised through that platform. Um, what I want from the business um, is time. I wanna work my butt off for the next how many years so that one day I can have more time, more time to spend with my wife, more time to spend to hopefully one day a family and essentially just get to a point of finance, a certain financial freedom 
that I can just focus on the passion again um, and just focus on the things that I love, you know, um, because that's how it all started. This was, I started off as a passion project, but it grew into something bigger. And with that, sometimes we have to do things in order to accommodate the success that is about to come. Sometimes we have to be willing to do things that we are not necessarily comfortable doing. So, and don't get me wrong, like I've found to love and enjoy the process, but it does take a lot of time, <laughs> but, and, and that's fine because my, my wife and I are very driven people and that's fine with us. But one day I would love to kind of take a step back and just look at everything that I have done and achieved. And essentially now that it's kind of rolling on its own. So for me, it's time. That's what I mainly want from it eventually. It sounds like uh, the time freedom, it, time and freedom are big, but also it sounds like, um, you know, you want to have some sort of legacy that you can be proud of an impact, a community reach, something that's more than just passive income. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, money for me is secondary. Like I, I, I want to, I, I feel like the more you chase money, the more that it runs faster. You know, I, I, I've always I like that. That's a good phrase. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like when you, when you do things, when you fall in love with the, with the process versus the destination or the goal, then, then it's so different than that quote. I don't know if you've heard it, but um, the guy that enjoys walking will walk further than the guy that enjoys the destination. You know, if he loves the process, if you just enjoy walking, you'll just keep walking, man. And so for me, it's exactly that. Um, I love like the fact that we've st stuck with our values and um, kind of our vision is always what has pushed the gym to another level. And um, and for me, that's that no matter how many times I've strayed away from that philosophy, it always brings me back. Cause it ends up biting me in the butt. If the moment I veer away, it bites me in the butt and then I have to go back on track. So for me, man, it's, um, it's all about, it's all about helping people, you know, in, in every way, shape or form. Right. Um, you know, we have athletes and we have kids here that can't afford to be here, but are still here, you know, um, because, uh, I guess this ties in a little bit to my, to my story a little bit, I guess, because, I kind of grew up without a family. I grew up without um, a father, um, pretty much absent mother. And mind you, my mother wasn't absent by choice. It was just circumstance. So I grew up a lot of times by myself, not really having anybody. So for me, a lot of times I see these people, they're at almost at the end of their rope sometimes. And they they don't have any hope. You know, they have really bad health issues, you know, or their doctor just told them that, they're going to have a heart attack if they keep doing what they're doing. So a lot of times when I see these people, and I bet you can relate as well, is that you see them at their lowest, you know? And for me, it's, it's having the ability to give people hope and to tell them that if you even just put a little bit of effort, you can see dramatic results, right? And that's not just even with my adults, but to our young kids as well, right? We have a lot of young kids and troubled youth sometimes that go through our boxing program, and it gives them a sense of purpose. It gives them a sense of direction, gives them something to work towards. And I would hate for money to ever be an issue on why they can't do that. 
Because at one point in time, my goal was just to be able to afford a gym membership. So, and now I'm on the opposite end, <laughs> you know, I'm on the opposite end this time. So for me, I never, ever want, I always kind of see myself in the people that are struggling because I myself have been through that same struggle, whether it's weight loss, whether it's financial struggles, whether it's not being able to afford the thing that you want to do. Like I've just always put the community first and money second. And I always found that it bites you in the butt sometimes, but it does good more than it does bad. And you know what? It's, it's what helped me survive through COVID and some of the lowest points of this gym and this journey. So for me, it's always, always about giving back and greed and money will always come secondary. Yeah. Um, there's a really cool transition point that happens when you achieve, however you measure it. Um, but in business, the degree of success that lets you be in a position that you can give as much as you want and still continue to grow and still be able yeah. to, um, you know, be in a position where you can do more, help more, give more back. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and like I said, right. Um, I, I've, I've come from a very humble beginning. Like I, I grew up with nothing. So to even just have a little bit, um, and sometimes I, I don't even know, I, I don't sometimes realize how far I've come in this journey. Um, again, going from like, you know, a typical immigrant parents where, yeah, like my, like my mom, my brother, and I used to live in a one bedroom, you know, I like, I, I don't share this a lot to people, but growing up, like I didn't even have my own bed until I was like 16, 17 years old, because we can only afford one bed, you know? And so, you know, it's embarrassing to say that sometimes in high school that you still share a bed with your mom, but when you're poor and that's all you can afford, like, what do you do? Right. So, you know, I, uh, so to give people kind of like, I, and it's always come back. I found it maybe not directly to that person, but it's always come back to me in good, in, in, I guess if it's karma or if it's good universe juju or whatever it's called, but so in one way or another, it always comes back. And I feel like that's all it is, man. You know, when you go into this gym ministry, it's, it, it, you do it because you love it. Right. And success is, I find a little bit harder to achieve, but it's not impossible to achieve. You just have to stay true to who you are. I love it. We're going to, we're going to roll right into my philosophical closer question <laughs> off that. And you may have, you may have started to answer it already, but I like to pick, you know, one lesson, uh, one piece of advice, one point in time, anything that you think you'd love to go back and tell yourself that you could really understand and own sooner as, as a lesson, as a piece of advice. Um, not that you necessarily change where you are now or anything like that, but just like, hey, if I knew this sooner, <laughs> X, Y, Z. Um, I would say... If there was one thing that I would say to myself sooner is um, exercise or feed the voice that tells you that you can and stop believing the voice that tells you that you can't. Because at the end of like, you know, 
I, and I bet you, and this is just doesn't apply just to the gym industry or success or entrepreneurship. Well, that's life. It, it's life, right? And honestly, a lot of times, and as cliche as it sounds, it's only unbelievable if you believe it is. And, you know, at a, if I was to even tell myself that I one day will own a gym at the top of the tallest building in this city, I wouldn't have believed you. But here I am. And I would have, I don't know if I would have gotten here faster if I believed in myself more, but I wish I was a lot nicer to myself when I was younger and allowed myself to fail a little bit more and gave myself a little bit more leeway to do so. Um, at the end of the day, you know, you are always going to be your best ally. You know, like a lot of times you, you can't really rely on a lot of people. There's people that you can, but you have to really find those people. But at the end of the day, you have to really rely on yourself. So if you cannot be kind to yourself, if you cannot be, you know, forgiving to yourself, if you don't have good self-talk, then you're rather than having another ally, you have your worst enemy, which is the person right in front of you, right? Um, looking back at you in the mirror. So if there's one thing I would say, man, is yeah. Um, feed the voice that tells you you can and constantly challenge the voice that says that you cannot because honestly it, nothing is nothing is impossible from a kid that came from a third world country to come in Canada with nothing and to build a pipe dream <laughs> to, you know to build to have a goal that I didn't even know where to start um but here I am today. So man, just believe that you can and, you know, believe that you can. Powerful stuff, man. I love it. I've never heard it put that way, but yeah, feed, feed the voice that says you can and, and starve the one that says you can't. Um, yeah, man, what a high note to wrap up on one more piece of information. I got to get from you before we let you go. Uh, this will be a softball, easy question. Where can people find you? Social media, websites, anything like that. Yeah, awesome. Well, um, you can look us up on Facebook and on Instagram at BPM Fitness Co. Um, and you can also look me up at Fitness by Gray on Instagram and Gray Patino on Instagram. Awesome, brother. I appreciate you coming and hanging out with us for a little while today. Crushed it. I can't wait to uh, check in on you, see how things go. Uh, I wish you continued success. Thank you so much for dropping. Thank you, very some much. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure talking to you, dude. You too. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. We wouldn't be here without you. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you want to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.